Who's going to take care of her? What are her plans? Can she afford her taxes? What? How can she, while she's still in good health, Thank take some steps to not put a burden on her family? Does she have uh, kids? Do they come visit her? No. So, so there's a lot of people, especially elderly women in L.A., Southern California, who are in her predicament. And, and by predicament, I mean, I'm having conversations trying to educate people. But the problem is, you see, if you come from rational education, they're not going to budge because they have this emotional thing. So you got to use an emotional approach about the reality of fear. What's going to happen if you run out of money? Oh, well. What's going to happen if you can't pay your taxes? What's going to happen? You got to get to plant pain seeds and get them thinking and then say, when you're ready, let's talk about how we can help you. But you need to talk about a team and, and, and go ahead, Bill. What are your thoughts about that? For a second and notice he's asking questions. Yeah, I did. Right. He's asking questions because you got to get her to feel the pain. It can't be, you know, she's in pain. You gotta get her to feel the pain. And I'm sorry, go ahead, Mark. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Can I throw in something on that? I don't know. Yeah, go, Nina. Yeah, you can't I, hear it well, though. Okay. Can't hear you, Nina. If you can't hear, okay, I'll try to turn my volume up here for you guys. Oh, you need to get close to the microphone. I'm really close to it. Can you hear me now? Hardly, barely. I don't see myself light up when I'm on, so I'm not sure what's going on with my sound. Yeah, it's probably having trouble hearing your microphone. Your your your, your volume level is really low. It's, I mean, that's why I got my microphone right in front of my mouth yeah, here. My, my volume level is up loud on my computer. So all right, well, let, go go ahead. Let's we'll try to make do. Um, yeah. So um, those are great questions, Mark, and and I'll add that, you know, it, they really were a lot around forward or a lot around questions that are about building rapport and building the relationship. Exactly. I can't hear you at all now. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Better. Better. Okay. Can, when you have the, I'm screaming into my microphone. I Great. don't know why this isn't working. Great. Okay. So when you have the trust and the relationship with the client, yeah. they're going to follow your lead. You right. built that but with them to get there you have to ask those questions yeah and i kind of agree with mark to a degree that you know for women in general we are we make i'm gonna i'm a woman we make emotional decisions even if they're financial ones there's an emotional attachment to the financial need anyway and so we always turn them into emotional ones and it takes a little bit more time to build rapport with women i'll say that when you're dealing with seniors <laughs> no i'm just saying when you're dealing with, because it's trust, you know, they've, they've experienced being threatened and being at risk. And, and they've had their trust violated over and over again, too. Exactly. And, and then, well, she's not alone. especially by men, she's especially around money. But to help you, I can say this. I'm a seniors real estate specialist. I'm a probate specialist. And I'm a short sales and foreclosure specialist. And I'll tell you this. I'm working with a client now who I've been working with for the last year. All of the heirs in this deal are older. And she's the previous heir passed away. She and another heir are co-administrators. They they have to take time. They have health issues. I know more about her life than even some of my family members probably. Exactly. And it's because that's how she she's a talker. She talks about. She tells story. She needs that companionship is big for older people. And when you develop the friendship, unfortunately, that's just the reality. You're de it, it shifts and you have to be careful because it shifts into a bit of a friendship as opposed to just professional and being providing guidance. But 
she, she trusts me implicitly now. And I can say that for you, it sounds like definitely the pain points asking those questions about let's, let's start from the beginning for a few things. Tell me about why you're needing to sell the home. Okay. Tell me about your home. How does it feel for you to be selling it? What does that really mean for you? Okay. And then what is it going to mean for you when you do, and you're in that new place? How is that going to support you? So that's your goal, right? Okay. Let's get you there. And I'm going to show you how. And when you start to engage with them in that way, they feel like you're connected to them and that you have their back. And the last thing I'll say is this, is that there is a program out there. I'm a member. I'm a preferred agent with them. It's called Easy Knock. And you can um, have the seller sell their home to them. And they do a lease back, which essentially, or a seller, you know, buyback, where it essentially allows them to stay in the home for a year until they find their new one. So you don't have to put the subject to sale of existing home. Hmm. Solutions, bring solutions. Can you type that on the chat and look that up? Yeah, just go to their website. It's easy knock. So just to summarize a little bit, a couple of points we've made here is, uh, Nina emphasized, you got to build the relationship. And you know, even when you have a relationship, it's tough to get people to do things that you want them to do, i.e. your spouse and your kids, right? Who do you have more relationship equity with than your spouse or your kids? And sometimes you can't get them to change the channel. You can't get them to turn the TV off, right? So it's about, right? So it's about relationships is, is part of it. But when you have the relationship, when they're in the relationship, that's true for us too. When we feel the relationship, we're willing to do more. When we're not and and second and people won't sign a contract with you if they don't like you and trust you that's what relationship creates and second is how do we get there like nina said like mark said by asking questions engaging them getting them into the flow into the process and there's ne it's never ending our working on getting better at those things there's no there's no oh you've now mastered being a relationship builder there's no limit to how do, what questions do you ask? These are areas that as professionals, we're always working on to improve. But you gotta make sure your, your radar's turned on. That's the issue. The relationship, when it's logical to move forward and they're not, our relationship is in the way, our gap in the relationship is in the way. And we like, some, some of us don't do well in sales. This is what I love in real estate. People who don't do well in real estate sales because they don't like, they take buyers out, they don't establish a relationship. People don't buy with them. They go on listing appointments. People don't list with them. And they figure, well, I'll get into probate real estate because I don't have to worry about relationships there. It's the opposite. <laughs> in probate, you have a relationship with the heir. You have the heir, the objector. You have the attorney. You have the tenant living there. You have about 20 times the relationships. You have to be better at it, not worse at it. Um, so so just make sure we're working on that relationship, Alton, Okay. Good. Thank you. Thank, thank you, everyone. Yeah, and I'll throw in, look for the opportunities to educate. When you're educating, you're providing solutions and yeah. you're providing credibility and you're providing a basis of expertise. All of that leads to trust. Yeah, So. 100% right. Um, Easyknock.com, unlock your home value. Excellent. Um, and then uh, Kevin had a question. Uh, can you refi the money to buy the new home? So again, Kevin, I think that number one, that's, it could be more expensive that way. Second, um, some people may not qualify to both refinance, pull cash out and buy a new rental property. 
And but third, if she doesn't like and trust him, she's not going to go along with that program. It doesn't really matter. So I think the solution is probably in the same genre of we got to get her comfortable enough to start looking at. And the other part is this: the other thing, Alton, if we can't make somebody motivated, you can't coach motivation. Right? I used to be a coach, and I I used to have people pay me money, and I remember, I remember I had one particular person say, well, you know, can you call me every day at eight o'clock when I'm supposed to start prospecting? And I remember saying, well, no, I don't coach motivation. If you're not motivated, I can help you. If you're motivated, I can help you. I can show you what to do. I can, I'll work with you hundred percent. But if you can't get out of bed in the morning, do your job. No, in her case, I would say, if she doesn't want to move, there's nothing you're going to do that's going to make her want to move. Right? Send that client to me, Bill. I'll tell him I'll charge you. You call me at eight o'clock <laughs> and, and I'll, I'll charge you money so you can call me and I'll give you the five minute pep talk to help you get out of bed. But just it'll be a thousand a week. Well, and that's why I stopped doing coaching, because frankly, coaching is is of your clients won't do anything you tell them to do and you can do it for them. But I just didn't enjoy the process. So that's why I don't go in that format anymore. But you're right. It's that's a different business model. Um, but anyhow, again, in her case, if she doesn't want to move, I, I get this one all the time. You know, they just don't want to move. They don't want to lower the price because they just don't want to move. They don't want to move. And, and here's one. Also, I would say, when's the last time you moved? Like in my house right now, my office room is, is like all pretty tight. It's all organized nicely. I have a, I have to count them. That's funny. Three bedroom house. My daughter moved out, and so we have a guest room, former my daughter's room, both are messes, family room, even the kitchen and the hallway. My wife and I could spend a week cleaning up any one of those rooms of junk and getting stuff, getting rid of stuff. And you're gonna ask me to move? Are you kidding me? Right? So, and and I'm I'm pretty healthy. I, I swam for an hour today on a swim team. 80-year-old lady has some physical problems, probably. Right? How's she gonna move? And so they have to be highly motivated. They have to be highly motivated to move. Just don't make sure you're not putting your motivation in on her. Your motivation for a paycheck can't be higher than her motivation to move, or you're not going to get paid. You follow me? Yeah, but I'm, I'm kind of person that's motivated by that. I'm, I'm really just trying to help her out because um, she's a nice lady. I teach a class, and she's in the class. Yeah, she and by the way, she is married. They've been married for forever, I guess. But she's a business person. I mean, she doesn't act like she's eighty something at all when she's talking. Not at all. She's really, really sharp. Um, so I just, I guess I'm confused on. I was uh, the previous people I work with would always say, "You see, you're losing control. You can't lose control." You see, you're letting them do everything and. So I'm kind of confused on how that works because I'm not, again, I, like you said, I'm not trying to make her do anything. If she doesn't work for me, work with me. I, Stay in touch with color every 90 days for the rest of your career. But we're looking for people who are motivated. We're not trying to get people who aren't motivated to move. Uh, Mark's iPad. Yeah, real quickly, as a real estate investor, you know, we've been said in real estate, it's location, location, location. Well, that's one of the three. It's 
financing, 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 because when financing is available, things move. When financing is not available, everything changes. But that's why I do creative finance. But the third one is the most important one. It's timing, timing, timing. And I can tell you right now, as an investor, 50 to 80% of the deals I get are three to six months after my initial contact because I'm one of the few, and I follow up normally every month, but I get permission. And there's a thing, uh, Seth Godin, permission marketing. So I focus on, and the whole point, most of the time we don't talk real estate. We talk about how's your kids, grandkids, how your dog, how your, we, we talk about anything but real estate. And so like an afterthought, oh, by the way, how you come in with your house right before I hang up. So, but everything is by building that trust, building that relationship, building that rapport, and that I care. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. So just my reaching out and touching, 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 touching. I had a lady nine months later. I met her. I was uh, actually at a coffee shop with a client. It was by MD Anderson Cancer. The, the client left. I was coaching them on doing real estate. Right after they left, the lady at the table next to me said, excuse me, but I couldn't help but over here. Sounds like you buy houses. Yes, I do. Her sister was there for MD Anderson cancer treatment. We developed a relationship from her eavesdropping. I bought her house nine months later in Dallas. I'm in Houston, four hours away, nine months later, but I was the only one every single month that followed up with her. Nobody else did. And she had her house listed with an agent overpriced, which I see a lot. And, and her house should have been at maybe 180, it was 185. But I could see, see, in my experience, I knew it was a pre-foreclosure. Probably her agent and probably she didn't, but I dig down into her circumstance that she was self-employed, worried about her sister, worried about her parents. I got all this deep. Most people, they are just at a high level of, I wanna list your house or sell your house. I'm like, what's your problem? How can I focus on helping mm. you solve your problem? That's okay. my, my input. Okay, I'll write that down. I like that. We get paid to solve problems. Most agents are looking to avoid problems. They understand we get paid to solve problems. That's what we do for a living. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Okay. Anybody have any victories you want to share this week? No? Can I share one? Yeah. I shared this last week. Last week, uh, Thursday, that day I sold, I had six properties confirmed at court. And the next day, Friday, I had four more. I had 10 properties sold at LA County Court that got confirmed last week. I believe, certainly it's a record over the last two years uh, for any week, let alone in uh, those days, numbers as well are records. So, um, uh, and you know, for the last 12 months, I'm the number one listing agent, LA County Court court confirmation. So it's been an exciting week for me. Now, I'll say to Congratulations. you- Congratulations. It's fantastic. I've been working on those deals for a year. It's been a lot of work. And I think a lot of agents along the, ball, along the way may have dropped some balls. And it, it, I'm excited. I'm gonna make a lot of money on it. Please God, they shall close. Um, but the thing I wanna say is, I got those deals by prospecting every day. And I'm gonna get paid on those deals by working on them every day, doing the right thing for over a year. And people often say to me, well, I'm gonna get a probate, it sounds easier, it sounds less competitive. Well, I don't know it's less competitive. What I would say is it's an area that if you specialize in, you can stand out from the competition. Yeah, good move. Yeah. And what I also tell people who want to get in probate is you can you can't the niche isn't probate. Probate's too big, at least in LA County. Now, if you're if you're in 
I don't know, Lake Arrowhead, Big Bear, um, maybe smaller metro areas, Ranch Cucamonga. That's a niche. Here in LA, this is the largest probate court in America. It's like 10 times larger than most other cities. So a niche would be South Bay probate. A niche would be Tri-Cities probate. For me, my niche is LA County court sales at the court. That's a niche. And so nobody's competing. Unless you have an idea that's your niche, you're not competing with me. You're working in probate overall. And so I would urge anybody who's looking to get involved in it to really focus in on, if you're an agent especially, make it part of your geographic focus. Meaning only call probates in the South Bay if you're in the South Bay, or Long Beach if you're in Long Beach, or West LA if you're in West LA. And add it into your expired, canceled, circle prospecting, other things you do geographically, for starters. But you got the niche probate's a huge niche. It's not a niche. It's a it's a it's an area. Really, expired listings is also not such a niche. It's big and competitive. You got to find a local niche. And for investors and wholesalers, I would say to you, the the best investors I know, either have one process they master tax sales or could be probate or whatever, or it's a geography. And, and one of the best investors I know, he has an area, I, I don't know exactly, but something like Ventura Boulevard to something and the 405 to something else. It's like a big square and they door knock it every 90 days, every house, as well as look online and call expires and all those other things. So pick your area, pick your niche, draw a line around your area that you're going to compete for. Um, and if you need some help with that, I can help you that. Uh, give me a call and be more glad to. Um, hey, Nina, where are you located? What city and state? Nina thinks in West LA. Yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, so my, I'm with Keller Williams. I'm with Keller Williams Santa Monica, but I primarily focus for the most part all of South LA. So anything south of the 10 for the most part. Have we met? I, um, I, I can't, I'm, I currently have probate deal in, in up in, um, well, it's, it's a portfolio of probates, but it's up in Pasadena, Altadena. So. Nice. Nina, have we met? I don't think we have, have we? No, we haven't. We haven't met physically, like in face to face. We've but we crossed people. because I, I worked at Keller Williams Westwood, which is related to Santa Monica. Yep. And I'm a probate a lot too. So we, we overlap each other. Nice. Well, nice to meet you in, uh, on video at least. Yeah. I'm glad to be here. Glad to hopefully learn some bits and pieces from everybody, some some secrets from everyone. <laughs> yeah. Well, give it a so who's got a challenge problem or who's got a, a solution they want to present to us? Challenges, problems. Again, the, you know, I'm not selling anything. I don't have a coaching program to sell you. I don't have a data thing to sell you. I don't have a book to sell. I'm a real estate broker. I'm building a real estate company, uh, probate focused throughout the United States. Uh, here in LA, I list and sell property. Uh, but the purpose for me when I created this call was to have a place that people like me could go to share with other people like me and help the people in front of us and behind us, learn from the more experienced and help those who are newer. And so uh, if you're new to real estate, new to probate, wholesaling investors, my goal is to try to help you build your business, get your first deal. And if you're experienced, love to have you share whatever wisdom you have. I'll say to this, I know we have a number of new people on the call. And the thing I would say to you is in my career, I've been in real estate since 1986. 
There has never been a better time to make life-changing wealth than right now. Yes. Never. Never. There has never been more money and more opportunity together than right now today. It's my career. Mark, you've been around for a while. What do you say? The next, the next 6, 12, 18, 24 months, there will be people who are behind the eight ball who will make a million dollars. This, this is the window of opportunity. This is another, it's never the same, but this is another window of 2008. It's not going to go long as 2008, but I also, I buy notes. This particular cycle, I'm going to be going after hotels. 30, I do commercial too. I do houses. I do, I do a variety of things, but basically I'm one of these kind of things. I, I like to go to buffet. <laughs> I like variety. So <clears throat> 20 years ago, I had a radio talk show in Dallas. I interviewed Robert Kiyosaki, all rich advisors. I had a whole scale with people and I had all that overhead. I'm in my sixties now. I'm like, I'm like, I just have fun. I don't have to work. I just do this because it's fun. And I love to travel. So I got a guy in Tehachapi. You know where Tehachapi is up north of LA? I do. So he's a, he's a realtor with EXP. So I've been working with him on both his realtor side and his, but coaching him, but also specifically the focus is the deals that he, because my number one is investor, the deals that he comes across that he doesn't know how to do, bring them to me. So he's got one right now. It's about a $400,000 house. <clears throat> they owe about three twenty. They're walking away. He's like, well, what should I do? I said, I do subject two, but as a realtor, you got to be careful with the subject two and everything else. You'd be better off working with me and let me pay you a commission or assignment fee and then just see how I do everything because I'm going to use an attorney, do everything right. So, but, <clears throat> and, and so probate's an area I've done pretty consistently over the years. I've just never fully focused on that thing. It was more of my overall marketing. I come across a probate deal and then I'd, I'd learn. So I'm always learning. But we're going to have so many foreclosures. I mean, just in Houston, Texas alone, the oil and gas industry, they've got between 14 and 20,000 people being laid off. Now, Houston's like 5 million plus, but that's going to, I mean, there's going to be a lot of foreclosures here. And, and for me, the opportunity is going to be working to help people to keep from losing their homes and typically buying subject to and then keeping that loan in place. So that's going to be the niche. But along the way, there's going to be people die and there's going to be probate in the state. And there's going to be, um, and, and do you ever, how often do you deal with this bill where there's somebody that passed away and the property still has a loan against it and it's in probate and they were going to foreclose. But because somebody finally said something to the lender, oh, the lender's now like, oh, well, we got to hold off. And can you, can you speak to that, that, that hybrid combination of, foreclosure loan on it and and probate and i'll go uh, your two sure. further. With reverse mortgages yeah. a lot reverse mortgage and then there's uh -huh. the probate reverse mortgage uh foreclosure short sale uh, i've done so i'd say that look um the key is is uh if it's in the estate's interest you can get it done um but you got to act quickly and you got to get people on board um, and um, each situation is different, but definitely, uh, by definition, a reverse mortgage is set up. Somebody's going to die. It's why they, that's why they got the mortgage. And the lender knows it. The lenders check the death records. They send letters out. Nobody wants to foreclose today. No lender wants to foreclose. You give them a solution that's not foreclosing, they're going to take it. 
And I just see that I had a guy call me the other day, delay, 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 delay. Now, sometimes the people will use bankruptcy as a tool. And that was more common back in 2008, 2009. That's a drastic, drastic step. Yeah. Uh, can you can you delay living in the house for six months, a year, two years? Maybe or longer. Maybe depends on the case. But but if it's purely just they want to get the equity out of the house, uh, there's ways to stop the loan, the foreclosure. There's advancing the estate money. There's estate refinances, uh, and there's just negotiating with the lender for more time. And I've done all three, and those are regular. Those are all options. So, look, if you guys have a situation that sounds hopeless, before you give up, call me. Or bring it here to the meeting. Let's talk about it. That's a problem. And we get paid to solve problems. I have a couple right? comments really quickly. Also with foreclosures, um, in my experience with the bigger named banks, you really need about a minimum of two weeks. Because if it's scheduled, if it's an NTS, it's notice of trustee sale. So it's scheduled to go to, to, the, to the steps. There isn't a whole lot of window of time to prove to the lender and then the trustee that you have a valid listing or and, and offer. They need both, or at least an offer if you're just doing investing, you're not listing. Yeah. So you don't have a large window of time to get because they need time to get that in, review it, and then review it for the on the trustees to get it to the trustees. So with that said though, I think what's gonna be coming up, like it probably as soon as January. Because December 31st is when these forbearance, you know, foreclosure moratorium is going to end, unless they extend it, which I doubt. We can't keep feeding the, you know, the economy with a handout. It's going to, it's going to end. And, and what's going to happen is I have a feeling the banks are going to say, hey, we're willing to go ahead and, and do the sale and forgive the, the default amount. They'll be willing to forgive, even though, you know, the, the owner, the borrower may still owe 50, 75, 100,000. They may be willing to forgive it because of the volume of foreclosures that's expected to happen. They don't want to have lost that much debt and have that much debt pending on the former borrower. Well, so think about And it's just going to help the economy too. So I have a feeling there more sales are going to happen because it'll be easier to just sell with foreclosure because the seller themselves will know, oh, my lender's willing to forgive the default amount. And for the seller, that's the big thing. If they don't have it on their credit, if they can get a fresh start, boom, solution. So looking out for that, couple things on that point. But really quickly, Mark, if you have any hotel deals, I've got a couple all cash developers looking for some off market hotels to do conversion multifamily. So if you could, well, that's why I was saying, let's talk offline. Can I put my number in here, Bill? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I have okay. both your contact info. So if you can miss each other, I'll, I'll get it. Nina, you're so good. I'm going to buy you a headset for next time. Okay. <laughs> you can't hear me. I forget. Okay. No, I can hear you. I, I'm, I'm listening. I just want to miss a word. I mean, you. It, it's you hard know, to hear you, Bill. Uh, Nina, it's hard to hear Nina. But you were listening I, to Nina. So I, I wouldn't hear anything you had to say. So. Okay. <laughs> Excellent. Okay. So, yeah. And I, and I also just, you know, to, to both your points, I think we all see. We all see coming changes. Um, you know, one of the keys is to jump in and jump in hard and learn because, and this is what happened in, in 2009 was my mistake. I was slow to adopt to short sales and I got really good at them late in the game. But the people who were in first had as much as they could handle because when you get in first, 
you learn what lenders would do, not do. You had just by doing more business, you became more valuable to your customer. And so I say to all of you right now, this is why, like I said, this is the best time in my career ever to make money. And it might be because of foreclosures. It might be because of, of uh, whatever, forbearances. And there's a million things that are happening. There's all kinds of stuff happening. There's just more money sloshing around than at any time in my lifetime. Literally, I had a person on this call who sent me an email with a property that I thought was good for an investor who I didn't sell a house to. And he bought it and I got paid. And I, I went to the house once and I emailed him the property and I did some paperwork. And then I sold a $500,000 plus house. And that's all I really did, to be honest. I'm embarrassed to almost admit it. But my point is, there's more money in this market than ever in my career. So don't let that stop you. Find a deal. Find a deal. If you can't find a way to sell it, call me, call Mark. We'll find a way to get the deal done for you. That's what we do. He just said that. He had a friend in Hatchapi who brings him deals. Don't let not having a buyer for your deal get in the way if it's a good deal. If there's money there. If there's meat in the bone, Sammy will deal with it. Nina. Yeah, so um, I've been a certified probate real estate specialist for a minute, for since 2018. But I'm rebranding. I'm doing some rebranding because I really wanted to, to make sure my marketing presented me in that light because that's where my focus is right now and it will be continuing in that space into next year my question is around and i have my lead source and i have my strategy for my lead generation and my, doing my calls but my questions around that what is what is an effective lead source for you and this is for everyone and what is your conversion you know what is how are you seeing like do you have a contact strategy and Bill, you mentioned you call everybody daily. And, and so what is what are you seeing in terms of response and conversion from those leads? Just curious. So, so my answer on that would be a couple things. Whatever you do has to be authentic to you. Right? You have to do and present yourself in a market that when customers, leads meet you, interact with you, it's consistent. It's authentic. So, so pre-COVID, my authentic lead generation was going to court. And I met people at court. I dressed in a suit and tie every day. I went to court, met people at court. And that worked for me at that time. Post-COVID, I've been more focused, frankly, on these phone calls and working with investors on another call that I do, um, trying to help people who are investing, getting started investing, getting started wholesaling working with them and calling them and staying in touch with them, number one. Number two, any marketing you do, you're taking people from being a stranger to knowing, liking, and trusting you to then doing business with you. And the only way to get there, those steps, is you got to continuously stay in touch. Like Mark said, stay in touch with them for six months or a year. It's amazing how long it takes to break people down, but when you do, you own them. So whatever you're going to do, I don't have the answer for that. Uh, that's more personal. I'll be glad to, to, to share some ideas with you on that offline. But what, for everybody, I would say those two things are true. If you are not a phone caller, don't make phone calls. I was a phone call. I could be on the phone for three hours a day and love it. If you're not, don't do it. But you better do something. Be a door knocker. Be a networker. Whatever you are, be that three hours a day looking for new business. And do it in a way that's authentic to who you are as a person. And then second, commit to wherever you're meeting through that process, 
you got to follow up with them somehow regularly with social media or email and phone call, I think every 90 days. Does that sound about right to you, Nina, so far? Yeah. I'd love to chat with you about probate and how, uh, what you're doing. And I'll show you what, a little more depth what I'm doing uh, offline. Yeah. Yeah. Other input and their questions or answers on that? Marketing, uh, what are you doing as far as marketing, positioning yourself? Lately, more calls than prospecting, like you're saying, Bill, on a regular basis. Just consistently doing that. And that's been generating a lot of new phone calls and a lot of new activity recently. Yeah, I would say, yeah. One thing I would say for sure is whatever you think it's going to take, it's going to take you a lot more. That's the bad news. The good news is your competition went through half of that. So if you do what you're supposed to do, you'll make a fortune. Where are you at, Sean? What, what market? I'm in Los Angeles. But the, do you work the whole market? I mean, yeah. Los Angeles is such a big yeah. market. And I love Houston, by the way. Love it out there. I'll, I want to get some property out there, too. Um, Give me a so call. I can get to contact you. Yep. Yeah. 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 So my area in Los Angeles, I don't know if you know Los Angeles well. I'm in Windsor Hills. It's an area called Windsor Hills View Park. Windsor Hills, good area. Yeah. It's Red. kind of between Westchester and Culver City. Are you familiar with Los Angeles? Oh, yeah. I, I can fly to L.A. for $45 right now. Wait a minute. From yeah. Houston. <laughs> you said LA's that cheap? I can fly on Southwest right now. They got a special $45 uh -oh, from Houston Hobby to LAX. Wow. Yeah, Windsor Hills is red hot. Wow. Crazy, crazy, crazy hot. Anybody else have any input on lead generation strategies? No. Well, well, one of the things that you mentioned, Bill, and, and again, Nina too, it, you know, is that niche thing. So, but there's different levels of the niche. So, one niche is your farm area, like Windsor Hills. Another niche is like being a probate expert, being a senior expert. And I think that, you know, most people are not utilizing. They're not blogging or doing YouTube or no. They don't. Most people have not studied how to leverage social media, and I get deals on a regular basis through social media but I don't pay for ads, I don't pay per click. I focus on groups that exist, that I get in there and I drip, 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 and I'm watching for certain things. And I typically, and I've seen people do this where they literally took over, I actually was on a call with a realtor that she took over a group for a particular neighborhood that was a Facebook group. And of course, no other realtors could be in there. She's the only one. But then she was getting, dominating that in that Facebook group because that's, that's the new, word of mouth in that community type thing. And so I think a lot of realtors are not maximizing what they could do of leveraging technology and social media, but in strategic ways. Yeah, I think you're right. Somebody once created a group called Silver Lake Homes for Sale. And I was a member in it. And one day they canceled and asked me if I wanted to take it over. I said, sure. I even sell really Silver Lake, but um, that, that's the, if you're going to create a niche business, that's how you do it. You take a page and you, you do your, your uh, posts in those areas and if you get an even smaller than Silver Lake, even that has within it 
five or six niche areas that if you're an agent, you need to be thinking about. Okay, so we're gonna wrap up here. It's uh, about two more minutes. Any other questions, problems? Uh, we have a couple um, guest speakers lined up for the next couple of weeks. I'm really excited about an attorney on one of them, uh, an accountant, another one specializes in, in these matters. But any questions, challenge or problems before we wrap up? You got my contact info, I'll, I'll put it in again. Uh, if any of you need to contact anybody else on this call, feel free to reach out to me. I'd be more glad to put together. Uh, is Nicole still on the call? I think she had to jump off. So you want to thank Nicole. Romero helps us. She's a title rep and she um, makes available a great program to help you do research of public records and documents and such. Um, if you want her contact, reach out to me. Otherwise, look, I appreciate you guys being on the call today. Thank you so much. Do it again every week. Same time next week, Thursday, 4 o'clock. Bring your friends. Bring your leads. Let's do some business. Thank you so much.